Hey everybody, Manimal here. It is Thursday, February 9th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys. Kevin and I are going to talk about the Texas Rangers participating in the World Baseball Classic. We talk about some former Rangers that have some unique roles in the World Baseball Classic. We're also going to talk about a couple of uh, extensions being talked about, and uh, also it brings us to third baseman. So we're going to talk about all-time great Ranger third baseman today on Texas Rangers with the boys. And welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, and this is your boy Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Kevin Lee Frazier. That's F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. And joining me tonight, my co-host, the other part of Texas Rangers with the boys, a man who has overnight become an expert as it relates to the World Baseball Classic, the 300-pound manimal, a.k.a. Bull. Buddy, how you doing? Did you get enough sleep last night? Where can they find you on socials? Yeah, I, uh, I slept fine last night. Uh, normal eight-hour sleeping regimen. I um, had no problem sleeping and getting up both in the morning. Uh, so uh, I didn't have to work overnight to uh, look at the rosters of the World Baseball Classic. I actually did that like in between the time while you were getting yelled at by your wife. <laughs> whoa, 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 I was not getting uh, yelled at. The, uh, well, the, while the missus was giving you a lashing, a scorn lashing or two. It's only um, got to be a look. It's only got to be a look. Then she's already, she's already won. But I'm doing good. I got plenty of sleep last night. Um, it, it is going to be a late night tonight considering it's uh, well past bedtime and we're just now doing Texas Rangers with the boys th- tonight, but uh, yeah. it's going to be worth it. We're going to have some fun tonight. We've got some tidbits on the uh, world baseball classic and some Rangers and maybe some former Rangers involved. So um, uh, we've got that and then we'll go maybe uh, around the league and we'll see where it kind of goes from there. I've got some, I've got some hot sports opinions on some, some people that we might really enjoy. So, nice. uh, but nice. other than that, you know, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Manimal Bull and uh, Instagram at Manimal Three Hundred. And uh, if you want to, if you want to watch my videos of of me, kind of standing, like I'm going to start doing it in the car, so I have a real '40s white guy vibe. <laughs> I want, like, I'm. I'm gonna get me a pair of white New Balances, and <laughs> and a, a, a hat that is got some sort of trucker ah. portion on the back, and start doing TikToks, uh, old ah. man dad style, so I can relate more to the topics because that's how you do okay. that, man. And uh, hey, don't don't forget, you almost you you were trying to overlook was, our, our biggest was. fan base, the yeah. people who care about us the most, Kevin. That's right. And if, you, and if you want to find me on that fan base, you can find me at Bull Pro on, on Facebook. Come on and like some pictures and watch some yeah. reels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exciting news. Uh, that was probably one of my favorite uh, intros we've had in a while. Uh, quick, quick Ranger trivia. Uh, hit me out of left field with this one. Who is the oldest, without looking, the oldest 
man on the 40-man roster. Don't look. Mm, on the 40-man. I think it's Jake DeGrom. It is Jake DeGrom, the oldest Ranger on the 40-man roster. Who is the youngest? Louis Angel Acuna. Yes, sir. Look at that. See, my man knows Ranger baseball like the back of his hand. Didn't even give him – he didn't even know that was coming because I didn't either. But now we know who the oldest and the youngest. As we call that in the business, that's called working on the fly. Yes. Or walking and talking, yeah, or there's a hundred the different fly. things, but we call that in the ring. And uh, yeah. if you ever want to learn to call it in the ring, you can absolutely join me any night over at my wrestling academy. Yeah, Bull has a wrestling school. Um, so this, yet again, this is not a wrestling uh, podcast, though. And you got to be a monster to be a part. Yes, it's got to be. It's an important part of it. Um, so there is. Let's start out with some baseball. World Baseball Classic news. You see, some some Rangers got uh, invited, huh? Or, or going to play on their world team? Well, you you told me that they did. So why don't you tell me who these guys are? Okay. Well, the Venezuelan team they're gonna uh, they're gonna roll with a a traditional favorite of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Martin Perez is gonna probably throw some innings for them. In okay. this World Baseball Classic. So there's one guy that we know for sure from the Rangers, from the Rangers organizations that will be there. Okay. Um, another guy that's going to pitch in the bullpen for the uh, Dominican Republic is uh, maybe the future closer for the Texas okay. Rangers, uh, <clears throat> um, Jose Leclerc. Okay. And then a, a, a nice little cool uh, surprise there uh, for Team Canada this year. Mm. Um, our, our, our buddy, Mitch Bratt, who we've been really high on, uh, this off season with his development and his, uh, work last year at down East, okay. um, but Mitch Bratt, he's going to get an opportunity to, uh, shine on the, on the Canadian team. And, uh, you know, if they win some games and maybe looking at Mitch Bratt to thank for it. Mm. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, breaking news, not really breaking, but one other guy playing for the United States will be Nathan Eovaldi, from what I understand. Oh yes, yes, I forgot about him. I knew that that was the case, and I should have, I should have been on that. But I got, uh, I got excited with my next little thing that uh, I had here. You know who's going to be the coach of Team Mexico? Oh, coach of team, coach. He's oh, a former uh, Ranger great. Coach of Team Mexico, former Ranger great. I feel like it's on the edge of my tongue, and I can't believe Dude, I don't this is have a it. this is a guy when we were probably fourteen years old that was going to be the next big thing at shortstop, and by the time he got up to the big leagues, he was kind of a flop. Oh, oh, um, oh the ladies Gil? loved him. Yes, the ladies Benji loved him. Gil. Benji Gill. <laughs> Benji Gill will be managing Team Mexico wow. to go along with uh, another former Ranger great coaching uh, Team Israel and Ian Kinsler. Wow. That'd be a hell of a double play du- duo right there um, between the, those two coaches. Maybe in the minor leagues. Um, so, <laughs> Well, Kinsdog could play in the big leagues. We talked right, about right. him last week. But, he old, was but, no old Benji, but old Benji Gill. No was, old Benji, uh, yeah, he was – he was a, a mid-level player at best, for sure. He had some years here, but he was not uh, 
You know, well, uh, Kevin Su- Kevin Elster was a godsend that year that they went to the playoffs with. Well, so I'll tell you this much: he would have been huge nowadays because he struck out a lot. Mm-hmm. He was a big strikeout guy. Um, yeah, back yeah. when it wasn't okay to strike out. No, back when it wasn't okay, he he probably would have had all the all the statistician uh, people just going crazy over him. Uh, they'd um, love it. Well, I mean, I don't think he had enough power. He didn't make it up in those places that they like, though. That's the biggest issue with old Benj. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was, and, and really, his minor league stuff wasn't anything to get overly excited about. Uh, so I, I always kind of wonder if sometimes they just hype up prospects just to hype them up. So they wanted him to about. be good. They really wanted Benji Gill to be good because, I mean, he kind of like looked like a Rod, but played like, yeah. Kevin Elster every year, but that one year he played good with the Yeah, Rangers. yeah, except that one really good year he had with the Rangers. <laughs> like, Kevin Elster, like, whenever he was making little big league, you know? <laughs> like, sure, he's a great player, but he's, like, a great player compared to, like, that fat dude that was playing first base, you know? Like, well, old Lou or whatever his name was, you know? Like, uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm, like, getting him confused with, like, little bit – or. Um, uh, major league back to the minors. I'm think I'm getting different games confu- or different movies confused. Well, Kevin Elster in the years of leading up to his break breakout season with the Texas Rangers, uh, only averaged 80 games, 233 at bats, and a 220, 285, 340 split. And no one, no one saw him coming into 1996. And going 250, 317 with a 462 slug. Yeah, that's 24 I'm, homers and yeah. 99 runs. Yeah, Nobody. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nobody. Hitting, hitting a really good lineup, I guess. Uh, didn't the Mets pay him on the back end of that? Uh, it looks like Who he paid got a him? contract, he got a contract with Philly or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh okay. Gave him, right. Pittsburgh gave him a contract, and he didn't even play 100 games in that. He only played 40 games the next year. 90s were wild, bro. The 90s yeah, but, were wild. One more real quick funny Kevin Elster note. He did uh he he didn't play in ninety nine, but came back in two thousand in two thousand and in eighty games hit fourteen homers. Thirty two runs batted the in Phillies? for the for the for the Dodgers. Of course the, the Dodgers, Dodgers had a read on him. Yeah, slug the sword slug is like eight. give me him. Yes, he slugged seven ninety or uh off seven ninety six, slug four fifty five with a three forty one that's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty Had good a nice for a guy little... that you definitely yeah. didn't expect it from. Right. Yeah. Right. So the best, the best sign, the best time to sign Kevin Elster apparently was when you when you thought he was going to be no good. So, anyways, how well, did this become the Kevin Elster show? Uh, well, you know, more it, baseball classic. Sometimes news? it var- varies that way. Um, no, still nothing Texas Ranger, Rangers. Nothing Ranger I mean, really Ranger. related. Yeah, we're talking Ranger baseball ish. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking Ranger baseball. Kevin Elster, Ranger legend after that year at shortstop. Yeah, one year they went to the playoffs and all that. Yeah, I mean he got paid on the back end of that, so good for him. Yeah. Uh, Um, no, but there's some a little baseball news that like about a former Ranger that I'd like to talk about tonight. All right, Um, let's talk about it. uh, Kevin's man crush, definitely as as we've definitely talked about before on the show. uh, You Darvish. You Darvish yeah. got a wild ass contract extension from the the San Diego Padres today. Yeah, it it's a really weird. Odd. It's weird from the jump. It's weird from the jump because yeah. next year 
you Darvish or not next year because this coming year he's still under contract on the uh, uh, the Cubs contract that he got from the Cubs. Um, but Darvish is going to make his twenty million or twenty one million this year or whatever it is, and then next year he's going to make thirty million dollars. Or two years from now he's going to make thirty million dollars in twenty twenty four. And then starting in 2025, he's going to play out the back end of a five-year, $78 million contract. So he's yeah. not going – it's it's just kind of weird. I mean, like, first of all, that the Padres are willing to pay him through 42. Right. That's kind of wild in the first place. I mean, not to say that you Darvish won't pitch through his 42 season. It just seems right. like, you know, like – a lot of years to give a guy that's probably not going to pitch the last two years of this contract or not pitch very much or not pitch very well. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure just yet, but it's, Darvish was another one of those guys in the, you know, that he was a free agent in what 18 or 17 or 18. And the market was way down, way down. Right. And he did. I mean, he didn't get, he probably didn't get what he was worth as a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cubs gave him good money, but it wasn't great money. I think it was what it was like 121 over six or whatever. And now he's going to be in that sixth year of that contract this year. And he'll move on to a new contract that'll, that'll, uh, pay him 30 million and then five more years on the back half of that hmm. at 78. Hmm. So I, it'll be tradable. And yeah. his 38, 39 seasons when he still has a little something to offer to mm-hmm. a team, you know, if the Padres aren't, I mean, you know, the Padres aren't winning, but, you know, we were just, we talk about extensions with Darvish and then you read also that they're looking whoa, to whoa, extend. Whoa, 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 I did want to bring up one quick thing about Darvish. Oh, okay. I'm he, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. He is, he, this is World Baseball Classic. He will also be pitching for Japan at the World Baseball Classic, which yeah. is kind of weird because he's putting a little bit of miles on him. You know, he's putting a little bit extra miles on him. All these guys we talked about. Well, you know, Otani will be too. So mm, that, that Japan, that Japan mm. rotation is probably going to be pretty wild with uh, Otani, Darvish, and maybe Singa. I'm Singa, not 100% yeah. sure. Yeah, the, but, the, you know, they've always got guys that can pitch over there. Japan's going to be well, relatively cool good. Little, the cool little Darvish stat that uh, people may not know. He's the second pitcher to record 3000 strikeouts between Japan and the MLB. But back to what you were saying about another Padres guy that they were talking about extending, and that would be the baseball Jesus. Well, at one point he was definitely point, uh, the, the, he was going to save the game of baseball and then kind yes. of, uh, you know, his, uh, his contemporaries might've jumped out in front of him for a couple of years. Yep. Um, being Jose Ramirez and Nolan Arenado. Yeah. And he maybe kind of lost his role of baseball Jesus to uh, a teammate of his. Right. Uh, Juan Soto. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fernando Tatis um, Jr. But, even you could make it. Yeah. Argument. Yeah. But we're talking about uh, Manny Machado, who's yep. only going to be in what year, five or six of a 10 <laughs> year contract. So in talking about extending him. I think, uh, you know, he was another guy that he hit free agency very young. He was maybe 27 when he hit free agency. He's kind of like Corey Seager where he was up in the big leagues early. So, you can, you know, I mean, you get extra. 
because of that, you know, you're going to get extra chances to get paid because he was up at 18 and, um, you know, got paid at or up at 20, got paid at 27 or 26 or 27 or whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's one of those guys that, uh, but the year that he was a free agent, the market mm-hmm. was down. Right. The market same was way down. Same thing with Darvish. Yeah, he was in the, the, they were in those same couple of years where baseball owners were refusing to spend. Yep. Just refusing. I mean, guys couldn't get contracts, good veteran players. That was the end of their, because there was this theory and the thought process that going younger was better because teams like the Yankees were paying a bunch of money on big guys and those guys weren't producing like the young guys. But then that, <laughs> like the, the like the fifty million dollar payroll of the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, right, like right, Oakland right. And, and then when those guys were getting hurt with uh, the Yankees, you know, there were guys that were stepping Elder. up, like the yeah, yeah. But I'm talking like you know, I mean, even Judge and Stanton and those guys, mm-hmm. they were getting hurt, and mm-hmm. the guys that were stepping up were were young guys like uh, Miguel Andujar and Luke Voigt. Um, Luke, well, you know, he got traded over from St. Louis, so. Yeah. Um, but but he was another one of those, you know, they were getting younger and they were playing better with the younger guys. Yep. And then that kind of translated to the league started kind of going with that theory that getting younger is better. Right, right. And yep. that went on for mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of years that it was, you know, we're not going to spend money, big money on these free agents. And now everybody got theirs, you know, I mean, everybody got a, a paycheck. And let's not act like Manny Machado didn't get 10 years and 300 million. Right. But now, guys, I mean, they're talking about Shohei Otani getting a half a billion next year yeah. in free agency. So, I mean, there are probably a lot of dudes that are thinking, now's the time for me to get in on that, too. And I would say that yeah. Machado is probably yeah. one of those guys. Yeah, and I mean, he can opt out, I believe. didn't We talked earlier. He can opt out after this year. After this year, out. yeah. Yeah, and you can't blame him if he does. No, because, I mean, you know, I mean, as a Major League Baseball player, you only have so many opportunities to get paid. Yep. And I know that that sounds, you know, that sounds weird as guys that are making millions and millions of dollars. But, you know, I mean – 10 over 300 over 10 is a great price, but if you can, if he can get another eight mm-hmm. for 300, you know, that's great too. That's, I mean, many, that's even better for him. Manny Machado was the runner up for the NL MVP last year. He was, yeah. Man. He had a good wow. season last year. He, I mean, he I carried mean, that thing, especially because Tatis Jr. was hurt and then he got his suspension and they went and got. Soto and you know Soto wasn't very good. I mean, not that he was bad, but he wasn't real good when he went over to San Diego. Machado had a really good year last year. He was one of the. I mean, he was definitely a top five player in baseball last year. Sure, sure. No, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that that he was. It just didn't realize that uh, that and and then Sandy Alcantara with his eight MLB leading eight WAR or uh, National League leading eight WAR finishes tenth. Well, yeah, uh, but I mean, pitcher war and and baseball war, it's it's different. I mean, you know, Ocantra, they have their own award too. You know, I mean, some eight true. eight is a great war, but if you're going to be a pitcher and win the MVP, it's going to have to be somewhere around twelve. It's got to be like Verlander from o- Doc Gooden. Yeah, it's Verlander from a twelve or whatever. You know, like it's got to be really, really good. It's got to be 
you know, it can't it, – not that Alcantara wasn't really, really good last year. I'm just saying that, like, mm-hmm. it's got to be, like, game-changing, like Gibson in 68. Yeah, and, and it's really funny because, like, if Otani's in the National League, he's he's fall, he's running away with the MVP. He just happened to have the buzzsaw that's Aaron Judge. This is not well, a talk about MVP. No, no, no. And, and so. I think, you know, um, we still got a couple of minutes here to do something, you know, so – how yeah. about we spend the next couple of minutes talking about since we're talking about Manny Machado and the great third basements in the major leagues right now? Let's uh let's let's delve down the past of the great third basements ah. that have played for the Rangers. I got well, a couple. Hey, you you know got what? a couple. Before we do that, why don't we just talk a little bit about uh, our partners uh, with the show here? Uh, number one, uh, just a free publicity for this uh, Rockstar Fruit Punch that I'm drinking that's keeping me awake. This late on a on a ten hour work day on a on a Thursday night, uh, but also a big shout out to um, Matt War Pro and uh, Texas Roughhouse Wrestling, who will be uh, collaborating on an event at Martin House Brewery and uh, on March thirty first. Uh, really, just pumping this thing up because it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Texas Rangers with the boys will be on site. Uh, for the for the event, we uh, we'll be out there talking baseball. We will, our- we'll probably be talking about opening day that day because yeah. the Thursday, uh, March thirtieth, is opening day. Yeah, and we'll probably be talking on thir- Friday, March thirty first, about mm-hmm. opening day and about what we saw. And hey, let's talk about that eight innings that Jake Degrom scoreless baseball. You know, that's exactly. I'll what take we'll six be though. About. I'll that's take exactly, six. That's exactly what we'll be talking about. And uh, they will be crowning the Trinity River Heritage Champion at that event. So it should be a big event. WrestleMania weekend, opening day weekend. Uh, first time that the Texas Rangers with the boys will be, uh, maybe the first time. Who knows? I mean, it's, it's going to be a little bit before March. Uh, airing a show together. Uh, but we'll be, we'll be out there and come talk some baseball with us and uh, enjoy a, a fun night of pro wrestling and enjoy some beverages with Martin House uh, Brewery. And a quick reminder that every Monday in March, we will be out at Buffalo Brothers and Sundance Square to watch Raw and uh, talk about the upcoming show. Oh, we're going to be watching Raw, too? Yes, we will be. Oh, man. Okay. If we're going to be talking wrestling and and watching Raw, I can't miss out on that opportunity, especially with the amazing food that Buffalo Brothers has. In fact, you should go out every Monday. Just to try something different at that at their restaurant. You can't go wrong pizza, either. No, like, the they're not good. paying me to say that. No, the wings are good. The pizza's good. The Philly cheesesteak is out of control. Burgers are good. The buffalo they have a bison burger, delicious. Love Look, that. Here's place. here's the real deal. Texas yeah. Roughhouse and Matt War Pro, they're paying us to talk about March 31st. When we right. talk about Buffalo Brothers, that's just me and Kevin talking about how damn good <laughs> Buffalo Brothers is. So you want to get out there one of those Monday nights in March, join us, and let's watch Raw. Let's watch some, some Matt War Pro wrestling that's never been aired before, and let's eat some wings. Sounds like a plan. So, okay, now – once we started talking about the so speaking of third baseman, we were talking about Manny Machado. Let's segue into kind of our little mini series that we've got going on of the best Texas Ranger players at every position. Who's the best Texas Ranger player at every position? And third base is kind of a see almost kind of seems like a almost anticlimactic because we all know who the best third. Well, baseman. yeah, we like to believe that uh, that the best third baseman that ever played here was Adrian Beltre. I, I don't think there's a doubt. 
Um, no, and we got to see a lot of special stuff while he was here. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind. Uh, maybe the maybe the best Texas Ranger player of all time, uh, arguably. Uh, I'll argue it. It's a fun argument. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to tell you what side I come out come down on just yet. But I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot to have in terms of conversation on Adrian Beltre, except for is he a first ballot Hall of Famer or not? Which I think, I think is. is yes. Yeah, I think the answer is yes. I don't think that even if I were a, not a Ranger fan, mm-hmm. I would. I would say that uh, looking at what he's done, he's got the three thousand hits. You know, everybody always, oh, well, 3,000 hits isn't a guarantee anymore. Look at Biggio. Well, let's be real honest. Adrian Beltre was a, a premier defender. Yeah. Uh, Biggio played several different positions, which should have helped his war where it didn't because he didn't play. He wasn't a great catcher. He wasn't a great center fielder. He was a pretty good second baseman. But sure. he wasn't, you know, but like – those 3,000 hits that Beltre put together came along with elite, elite third base defensive. I mean, he's, he Wait. like, and, until we're talking about like Arenado now and Kyber mm. Harris from Pittsburgh, I mean, there wasn't, there weren't guys that had that kind of like, those are, those are Beltre disciples, guys that watched him and knew that he was a big time third baseman that they wanted to keep their eyes on. Time out. So Biggio is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but he wasn't first ballot. Gotcha, gotcha. Right, right. So three thousand hits is not a yeah, game that, that, yeah, that, okay. but, but I think yeah, I think I think Adrian Beltre is also like a career ninety-seven WAR too. Yeah, you know, he's, so it's well, not like okay. he's one of those guys Listen. that they they're like, oh, he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because he's got three thousand hits. But you know, I mean, no. If Scott yeah. Rowland is a Hall of Famer, Adrian Beltre is a first ballot Hall of Famer with his own damn wing. Well, listen, twenty-seven D WAR. 71 yeah. war. I mean, yeah. everything you could ask Complete. for from a baseball player. Like, and if you never, if you never, I mean, honestly, if you never watch the games, you're, you really don't know what you're talking about. Cause the guy, he made the most routine, like the hardest plays at third base look so routine that that stuff doesn't even show up on stat sheets. I, I think it can. When he was brought over here in 2011, I did not think that there was going to be that much of a difference between watching him play third base and watching Michael Young play third base. Sure. And let's not get it. I mean, Michael Young wasn't the best third baseman, but he definitely wasn't the worst third baseman either. Right. You know, I mean, like, obviously he was a second baseman, and if he probably never came off of second base, he probably would have hung around the league a little bit longer, in my opinion. Because he was a high class, I mean, he was a high value second baseman, to, in my opinion. Uh, they just had another guy that you know we just argued was their best second baseman of all time, you know, and he moved yeah. because that was what for the team. And you know, I mean, they had Kinsler behind Soriano, so they brought Soriano in, moved Michael Young. Michael Young moves again when Andrus is ready. I mean, the versatility of Michael Young, you know, we could put him in any one of those positions, and he could have been one of the better Texas Rangers of all time at any of them. But like him playing third base compared to watching Adrian Beltre play third base. <laughs> it's not even close. I mean, it's just like, and, and a lot of respect and love to Michael Young for the way he played the game, but he was just not Adrian Beltre. And I know, yeah. I know he knew that. Right. Well, but you know? this is not about what you're not saying, you know, this is really about just the reality of like, once you saw the eyeball test with Adrian Beltre I, it just there. It well, seemed like every time you watched him play, he made made some play that you just know only only maybe one percent of the other third baseman 
in the league could make that play. Yeah, makes it every it's it's play. like watching Arenado now. Mm-hmm. It's that same kind of feel like when you watch him play. You know, you know Jose Ramirez is a good third baseman. You know Manny Machado's a good third baseman. But like when you watch Arenado in the field, he's just going to do something insane that night. You know, he's just a he's just one of those guys. But you know, this isn't a show about Nolan Arenado. This is a show about the Texas Rangers. Nolan Arenado's never played for the Rangers, so he doesn't get to be on this list. Well, and I put Michael Young uh, as definitely an honorable mention, on the right? List. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's like Boo, you know? Like, everybody yeah. loved Bouchelle, but, I mean, looking at Steve Bouchelle, he wasn't a great player. No, he is a popular yeah. player. You know, I think the second player. the second best Texas Rangers third baseman okay. of all time is yeah. Buddy Bell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's – we're going to – we're going to – we're not going to talk about him, but we're going to throw Dean Palmer on this list as well. Yeah, well, Let's Dean. pop down and talk a little bit about Buddy Bell because uh, once we kind of started digging into him, it's just – Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's uh, he was a really good player in the years that he was here. He was here about the same amount of time as Adrian Beltre, maybe a little bit mm-hmm. shorter, um, but he had an extra year later on in the in his career um, that he played here. But he was, I mean, and he was a five-time All-Star, and basically every one of those All-Star appearances, besides his very first one with the Indians, they were all with the Rangers. I mean, he was he was a monster with the Rangers. He was in the candidates. I mean, he won the Gold Glove every year. Mm-hmm. Um, he won six consecutive from seventy nine to eighty four. But like the thing with him is, I mean, he had he was in the MVP candidacy every year he was with the Rangers. Yep. He was uh, he was all in the Silver Slugger. Uh, if he didn't win it, he was right on the cusp of it. I mean, I know like back in the day, they didn't put three guys together and put them out there and, and, you know, uh, to give you something to talk about, but he was a guy that, I mean, you know, he didn't hit a ton of home runs, but he, mm-hmm. he was on base. He Let me tell you his splits. So Buddy Bell from 1979 to 1985 with the Rangers um, I'm, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the per 162 because no one ever played 162 games every year. But no, Cal just Cal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think durability is important too. So his average during those years, he averaged 142 games, 157 hits, 30 doubles, 13 homers, 70 runs batted in, 70 runs scored. Only struck out 45 times a year. Uh, walked 52 times. But his splits were 290, uh, 351 on base percentage, 431 slug and a 782 ops. I mean, yeah. for a guy that played elite defense, those are, those are great good. That's statistics. a good slash line, yeah. Yeah, that's and if you go sli- over I mean, to his uh, his value statistics, um, his average season of WAR during that during that span. I'm sorry, let me get one more year in here, just to just to give it the right. Yeah, but his yeah, average yeah. His, his average WAR. Um, during that was 5.3. He had a total of 37 war during that uh, during that period and a D war of 15. And his career D war was 23.8. So remember, so right we talked about, about Bay- Beltre's war. Yeah, we talked about Beltre being an elite defender at 27 war, and Buddy Bell was literally right there. There, there is an absolute legit case to make for Buddy Bell being a Hall of Famer. I, I, now I'm not I saying that it is. Either. I'm not saying that he is. I'm not saying that he is one way or the other. That's not my. That's not for me to say. But like, I think that when you have baseball writers see Buddy Bell, they're not looking at him in the same sense that they're looking at 
other guys on that list in the 80s and he mm-hmm. gets bypassed and doesn't get that 5% to stay on. But like okay. hindsight, looking back at him, like he's a guy that you could look at and say, this is a Hall of Fame baseball player or right. close you to think, it. You think maybe uh, he kind of, he kind of suffered a little bit in the shadow of coming off of a, uh, coming off of a, you know, right after a player like Brooks Robinson. No, I think who, he was in the shadow of Mike Schmidt. Uh, I think he played at the same time as Mike Schmidt and not be, I mean, Mike Schmidt was so good. Right. You know, I think that's more than anything. And, you know, he bounced around from teams. He didn't play for one team for a long time, more than six, seven years. So that could have something to do with it too. Back then that really mattered a lot more than it does now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see all that, all that, all that's legitimate. I mean, yeah, Mike, Mike Schmidt, if you ever want to have a statistic, uh, statistics, uh, party, uh, just go check out Mike Schmidt's number. That's why wow. in the eighties, that guy was the highest paid athlete in sports. I mean, you know, I it, mean, uh, he was awesome. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing to say, nothing, nothing you can say short of just incredible. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And then, and yeah, just one more quick before we pop on out of here. Uh, we do need Dean to give, Palmer. Give, yeah, give Dean Palmer his his flowers. Dean, we've talked about Palmer on this show. Remember, I mean, we got excited when we had the prospects of Josh Young even being like just Dean yeah. Palmer. Yeah, I mean, let's let's just talk about Dean Palmer's prime years. Uh, and I mean, we don't, we can talk about his Texas years actually. Yeah, those were basically good. his prime. Yeah. Yeah, he had one. He had a couple of good seasons with uh, Detroit. Yeah. Um, but in his in his full time seasons with Texas. He averaged 115 games, 23 home runs, 69 runs batted in. He had a split of 250 average, 322 on base, but he slugged 472, and he was almost, he was right at 795, almost at 800 ops. I mean, uh, yeah, for third no, base, that's that's not, really yeah. good for third base. Third base is not always a premier hitting. No, position. because when you think about it, like hindsight, like third base is one of those corner positions where you like to have a slugger. But when you look at it, there aren't just a ton of guys. Like Mike Schmidt might be the only guy that's got 500 home runs. And, you know, Brooks Robinson was known for his defense. Beltre, he might he almost has 500 home runs, but he's even known for his defense too. And, uh, you yeah, know, and- it's just one of them crazy positions. I mean, I think the guys, like I think Machado and Arenado might be those guys that are going to be the sluggers like down the road that are Hall of Famers that you're like, man, they got 500 and 3,000. And- yeah. Well, and, and talking about Dean Palmer too, uh, he wasn't a career defensive guy. Uh, but while he played for Texas, he came out almost flat at a negative, uh, he, negative point six. He made up for but a lot a of his. Yeah, I was going to just say he made up for a lot of his issues at the hot corner with the big arm. Yeah, he had a gun, dude. <laughs> was, Dean was, Palmer was great, man. Like I said, if, if Josh Young turns out anything like Dean Palmer, I'm happy with that. Thirty-seven, forty home runs, something like that, out of the out of the six-seven hole. Dean Palmer was good, yeah. man. He's under. He's a, one of those underrated players that. That not a lot of people talk about, and but he was good. I mean, he was a good ball yeah. player for a lot of years. Yeah, and I mean, I know I just a minute ago said my one sixty twos, the one sixty two averages are not my my big thing. But if you look at his per one sixty two, for Dean, for Dean, he was thirty three, thirty three homers. But if you take his his good years from ninety two to two thousand, which does include Detroit and uh, the Royals, but just average, he averaged one hundred thirty games. 28 home runs, 85 runs batted in, and split at 260, 331, 
48 slug for a, a 818 ops. I mean, that's, that's a good ball player, dude. A nice player. Yeah, nice player. I think we should end it on Dean, huh? Yep, let's end it on Dean Palmer and call it a night. Um, I'm sure Dean would be appreciative to still have his name in circulation. And- Dude, it should be. He was – I mean, when you talk about Texas Rangers, you should talk about Dean Palmer more often. Absolutely. Uh, sorry, Hank Blaylock didn't make the list, but definitely another great Texas Rangers uh, player. Bouchel, another guy that lo- everybody yeah. loved. Um, yeah. yeah. There have been some. I mean, let's right. not – as long as we don't have to talk about Azdrubal Cabrera. <laughs> Speaking of Texas Rangers third baseman, you see Charlie Culberson got a – Minor league deal from maybe the Rays or something like that today. Uh, Ugh, that was just a really, really just a reason to get you to grow it on the way out the uh, door. You know what? Yeah. Actually, actually, pause, pause for a second here. Pause for a second here. Hank Blaylock. Shocking, shockingly enough, Hank Blaylock has some years for the Rangers, man. He did, yeah. He's definitely honorable mention for sure. Uh, I, I didn't realize he was that formidable uh you know 29 homers i mean he several like time he all-star a, yeah he looked like he was a, a multi yeah two-time all-star but looked like he probably ended up averaging out about uh you know about a about a 20 home run 70 something runs batted in uh, i don't know why my baseball uh reference they should have been so much more working, they but, should have been so much better than those a-rod blaylock young to Man, they just mm-hmm. refused to get pitching in here. And then, you right, know, I mean, right. but here we go. Let's quit acting like that wasn't an infield that could. Right. Well, play listen with to anybody. this. So, Blaylock, during his, during really his prime, because he played all his prime, I mean, most of his career in Texas had, had, uh, had 916 games with the team at third base, but averaged uh, during those years without his rookie year and his last year at Tampa, pretty much the bulk of his career, 123 games. 21 homers with 74 runs batted in, 69 runs scored. And his split was 279, 330 with a 471 slug and 800 ops. So, yeah, he didn't get on base uh, a whole lot. You know, not a, not a bad, not, <laughs> not a bad, bad. No, no, not, not bad, bad at all. Not bad. No. I felt like he deserved a little bit of flowers there after I looked at the numbers and realized, wow, he was actually better than I thought. And so, I heard uh, he used to throw some hellacious parties. Ah, ah, it's what they say. Whoever they are, that's what they. That's, what, That's they what they say. Yeah, whoever they are, I don't know who they are. Well, let's get out of here, man. Tell them. Uh, All tell right, them, buddy. Like, well, tell them what you want them to hear? Well, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna probably do something tomorrow. Maybe we'll field yeah. some more questions. We'll have a few questions, maybe if we have a little. If we come up short on the questions, maybe we'll pick another uh, position and talk about it. And if it's uh, shortstop, it's always a rod. The answer is always a rod. Always a rod. So, uh, so yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you know, burning the midnight oil literally again here, but uh, you know, we're we're turning them out, and uh, we're here for you guys, and we uh, we love Texas Rangers, we love Texas Rangers baseball, and uh, that's all for tonight. So Texas Rangers with the boys, we are the boys. Signing out.